Dave. Hi. You, you've changed. I have. You're different. I feel that I am radiating health. Yep. And achievement. Yep. And smugness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That you can only achieve <laughs> yeah. after having run a marathon. That's correct. That's you ran correct. the New York City Marathon. I did. I'm so excited. I'm, so, I'm glad it's, I mean, I'm, of course I'm glad it's over, but it was, it was fun. I'm, I'm Weirdly fun. I, I hope it's not too, like, patronizing to say I'm proud of you. Thank you. But no, I, I am. It's always a nice thing to hear. It's Thank such you. an accomplishment. Thanks. It was fun. It, uh, it's, you know, fun is not the right word, but it's, it is, um, to do it, it's, it, okay, here's what it is. It's like. You know the the thing the concept of like seconds passing slowly but a whole but like a year flying by yeah. that's what it feels like like at each step is like especially once you're you know a good 8 9 10 miles in and the real work starts it's right. like this is I don't like I feel like I've been on the Queensboro bridge forever yeah but then it's but the whole thing kind of passes in the blink of an eye um and it was it was it, it I loved doing it but I especially loved doing it around um, I mean, not that we ran with each other every step of the way, but that we had this team, yep. this type one diabetic team, Beyond Type Run. Mm-hmm. Got to work on the name a little bit, but it was still, it was a good, it was a good bunch of people. And we had brunch the day before, uh, which they served French toast at, which seems weird. The day before? Room full of diabetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had our like little, like team brunch the day before. Then we all went our separate ways. And then we got up at four in the morning and went out. Yeah, French toast together. is an odd choice. Yeah. I'm just kind of sitting anything, that thinking. Oh. Anything that includes powdered sugar and syrup just seems, it seems like you're trying to kill us. Right, right. But, what, but there were other things okay. also. But anyway, um, seeing all of them, and there were 19-year-olds, and there were 60-year-olds, and there were you know people who were diagnosed in the last year, and there were people who had had it since they were three. And there, you know, it was all different types. And everyone was concerned, as you would be before you take on such a thing, mm-hmm. but- um, and then on top of it, all the concerns about keeping your blood glucose within a healthy range and not going low and passing out and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but like uh, the only person who didn't finish was, a, was like a 19 year old college athlete who I think took it on a little too aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't diabetes related. She didn't drop out because of diabetes, which she hurt her leg or whatever, but everybody else got through it. And it was so nice to see that happen and to see everybody, you know, show up afterwards after they'd crossed the finish line in their weird little foil thing with their yeah. medal and everything. It's just like, it feels, it feels really good and healthy. And were you in excruciating pain at any point of it or was it? Yeah. You were okay. a good hour and a half of it. Yeah. That's what I imagined it being. Yeah. I, um, I ran the last, okay. So you can do a thing where, uh, like it, uh, the, the, the spectators are separated from the course by like metal stanchions for mm-hmm. most of it. But then, at around mile 19, it becomes tape and you can run, un- you can like people who aren't signed up for the marathon can duck under that tape and run the end of it. Like they kick you off in the last half mile if you don't have a number, yeah. but you can run alongside a friend if you want to. And not, not a lot of people know that. I probably shouldn't be saying it because it could become chaos, right. but it does sometimes help to have a fresh face. The first time I did it, my cousin ran, who had done it the year before ran with me. I did it for my friend Matt a couple of years ago and then Ben did it with me this time. But anyway, when I did it with Matt and I checked in with him, I was like, how do you feel? And he said, my legs are cinder blocks, but also full of bees. And that's exactly <laughs> how it feels. It's exactly, you're just heavy, but stingy. Uh. And you just have to kind of keep going. But it's also, I mean, you know, you you do these mental tricks to keep yourself in where it's yeah. just like, I'll just, I'll make it to the next water station and you make it to the next water station. And then, you know, and then the one after that and the one after that. And then you, you know, you just do whatever mental thing you have to do to get yeah. through. And then it's over. 
I vaguely remember this from do, doing cross country for one year in seventh grade. Yeah. Where the, you run, you know, like one mile. Yeah. But it felt yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a challenge. So Ben joined me at mile 19 and I hate, oh, I'm going to, okay. He'll, he's going to hate that I told the story, but they, you know, they give you water and Gatorade and then after a certain point, like halves of bananas. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so like he starts running alongside me just after like the water and Gatorade and banana station. And he's just like, okay, you got this. Like, you know, you're looking good, blah, blah, blah. You got like, come on. You're going to do it. And at that exact moment, somebody finished their banana and just threw the peel and it hit him right in the face. Oh, so, so it's like, come on, come on. Boom, like full banana peel in the face. Wow. Better than slipping on Better than slipping. I thought that's where this was going. I thought so too, but no. Banana peel in the face. Oh, and then, uh, but it, it, it was it was terrific, and it was a great excuse to be in New York. And it was, and my mom was there, and just all all of it. It was so your fantastic. mom's there at the finish line when you not at the finish. You can't really be at the finish line. Oh, okay. Um, there's like a to get okay. You cross the finish line, they put the metal on you, they put the the foil thing around you, and then you kind of you have to then you have to go and get the bag that you dropped off at the UPS truck back in Staten Island with all the stuff that you want oh, to finish sure. the race with. And, uh, and there's like a medical station and there's a place to get, you know, slices of orange and there's, you know, all that. And it kind of, t- it takes you a good half hour to get back out of the park to oh, the area where to you get can To get to the people to is get, another half hour. At least, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Which is misery, but it actually ends up being pretty good because that becomes your cool down. Get all the lactic acid out of the muscles and all that kind of thing. Like it stinks, but by the end of that 30 minutes, you're starting to feel like a human being again and you can face the world. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, my mom was there. My friend Irene White uh, was uh, was there. It was, she traveled cross country for you. Came cross country for it. It was it was so it was just so positive and, and great. And it was it was exactly what I felt like I needed. Yeah. It was just a day of pure joy. Yeah. People are just energetic and they're cheering each other on and they're like digging deep to accomplish something and it just feels fucking awesome. Were there tears it. at any I, point? There were tears at many points. Emotional tears, not just, uh, oh my. Yeah. Oh, both. Are... Both. Yeah, for sure. And uh-huh. since, I've been very in my feelings ever since. I, yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I'm in them right now and yeah. I was not there and very I've never experienced this. I cannot recommend it highly enough. I really, uh, I really loved it. I really loved it. And I awesome. love talking about it. I, as you should. Yeah. You <laughs> should. This is now your personality is I've run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've run. A this is what I have in yeah. place of a personality. Like, I, if a marathon, I, if, if we learn anything from Carol Radzwell, uh-huh. is that that can be your storyline for this yes. year? Yeah, and I beat her by an hour, and I'm very pleased. And oh, I beat really? my 2009 self by 13 minutes. So, may so, I ask what your time was? I was like 5:23. Still not great. Still that not sounds great. Really good to me. I and it's just, it's just enough to where like I now want to do it again, so I can do better than yeah. that. Because like the last five miles, I sort of found a second wind. So wow. I feel like if I even train better and like, I mean, I, we had Shake Shack the night before. So like if I, if, and, and French toast, at, you know, at, at brunch. So like, I, I feel like if I took the nutrition part of it more seriously and like mm-hmm. do a little bit, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. But yeah, so I may do it again. Anyway. So that's, I feel good. So thank you for, exciting. thank you to all the listeners who, who chimed in with messages of support. I appreciate it. Oh, we're it means, so proud. Thank you. What's going on? God, I haven't run a marathon. What have I? What do I have to report? I did do one session with a trainer at the gym. Nice. What'd you do? Equally, I'm just. This is not a non-story. Oh, uh, but <laughs> did I did you though. I, I did. Well, you know, when you join a new gym and you're sort of forced into doing what, like a what, which gym? gym. May I ask? Equinox. Not I'm, to brag. Nice. Me too. Uh, Let's Glendale, go be fucking though. workout bros. Oh, di- but only Glendale. Only Glendale. Okay. Yeah. 
Because it's, it's eight minutes from my house. Okay, fair enough. So um, you got that fitness assessment. I get. I did my Equifit. I did the fucking training session, and I did go into it being like, guys, uh, I used to work in the fitness industry. Like, uh-huh. I don't. You're, you're not going to teach me anything. I don't already know. Yeah. Wait, is this is that true? Well, that's a stretch. <laughs> but I did. You know, I used to work for Kathy Smith. America's leading fitness expert. I did not my know my first that. job in L. I guess my second job in L. A. I was an assistant f- uh, to Kathy Smith, uh-huh. who is best known for being like a workout video guru in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and is still at it. By the way, is now anyway. I was her assistant for years. Yeah, and then um, kind of graduated to being her ghostwriter. Uh huh. So then I was just write. I was writing like you know, 10 tips on how to trim your thighs and like uh-huh. losing weight with Latin dancing and yeah. moving through menopause. And like, I channeled her voice. That's and spectacular. That's real. That was actually kind of my foray into, um, writing was Kathy strangely, mm-hmm. but I also like ghost wrote a whole book for her and everything. So I've, I, I, I have a, this unearned arrogance about it. Like I, I, I know all the shit. Yeah. Which I don't. Um, and I learned that. In this training session. Really? Yeah. What the heavy do? Oh, God. Also, a lot has changed since the 80s and 90s. Turns, I know, I, I broke out my stair stepper, and I sure. said, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's do uh, this. Uh, I have a headband. That's not what we did. We no. did a little, you know, we did a whole full body circuit. It was very, very painful. Really? Anyway, again, this is a non-story, but... There was a reason I brought it up, but it's gone. Oh, well. We have kind of a special episode today. We do a bit. We're going to do a couple uh, firsts. Yeah. Firsts is kind of the theme. I guess it kind of is. Um, We're going to, after the break, we're going to be back with a very special first-time guest Mm -hmm. who's near and dear to the Earwolf family. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're going to come back and do another one-on-one segment. Yeah, we're just going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk the stories that we have perhaps... Held back, yeah. Uh, in in the last year and a half that we've been doing this show, things we have meant to share but never did. We'll talk about some of our own personal firsts, and sure. it's, it's a first time experience just getting to sit here and look at each other without some fucking Joker at the end of the table <laughs> sucking yeah. up all the attention. There. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> all right, Joker, we're very excited to have you here, and we'll be talking to Earwolf's own Sam Kiefer after the break. Are we what? back? I'm I'm back. I'm very much back. I feel back. And I, the, I'm so glad that you introduced Sam, or pre-introduced Sam because I would have said Sam Esmail, who oh. is the creator of the show Mr. Robot. Which would have been uh, fine. Any, <laughs> any name. I'd love to get him too, although I don't think he is part of the queer family. I, well, let's get him gay and get him on here. Before we started, I would like you guys to know that I spent the entire first segment uh, I assume what's in front of you is like a glucose reading. It's my, uh, it's the thing that can, controls my insulin. I phone. spent the the first five minutes while you were talking trying to figure out what new phone you had. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In my mind being like, that's a what new shit. New it's new throwback like, phone. But I was, in my mind, I was like, it's it's very small, but also very thick. It's yeah. small and thick, and it looks like a 1995 Palm Pilot. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. I was in like, fact, it has only one yeah. circular also, key. Kind of yeah. looks like a digital camera, but also kind of looks like a shrunken down like Nintendo Switch. Sure. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's not. It None keeps of those me things. alive. Can I ask you a marathon question? Certainly. That thing, the runner's high, that's yes. a lie, right? No, it's not. It has to be. There's it no is. way at a certain point it feels great. It's awful all the time, right? No. Well, it starts to feel good afterwards. Not during. Oh, runner's, runner's high, high comes is a later. post-run experience. It's, it's not during. post-run experience. 
Um, it's so when you're it, n- maybe later when you're not running and are just sitting down, then it then the running feels great. Well, yeah, when you're kind of walking around afterwards, you do have like a little spring in your step. Gotcha. Nah, that's that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but I mean, you do feel better, and there may be there may be some endorphins happening mm-hmm. during that keep you feeling better than you might. Like I might have felt much worse if not for brain drugs, but during yeah. it, it's awful. During it, it's it's pretty good. Good. good yeah, I mean, there are definitely moments where you're like, yeah, no, I I I can't do this. Because I'll see people running marathons and they're smiling, and I'm I know you're lying. It's all this is awful. This has to be awful. No, no. It, I mean, <laughs> it it definitely it does hurt. But I think I had a smile on my face through the whole thing because it's. Uh, because it's just, it's joyful and you're doing it and you know that you're going to do it and you know that it's, you know, you got to get through it, but you're going to do it. And just seeing everybody come out and like high-fiving little orthodox kids. And, I do in, like high-fives. You know, yeah. in, uh, I love, in I love being high-fived. It's so exciting and all the signs and all the bands and the gospel choirs and the half, DJs. Half the bananas. Have yeah. the little banana halves. Sam, sign up for the marathon. I'm telling Damn, you. Man. How much do I have to run to get the half a banana? Uh, you, I mean, you get them at the start. So I could just go home then. You I could just get the banana could. and then immediately go home. Yeah, I guess. Right. And well, if you've gotten to that go to point, Ralph's. you've probably also raised uh, money for whatever organization you're running. Yeah, they for, get right? their so, money. Right. Okay. I do want that shiny blanket though. It's, uh, mm. it's kind of cool. I kept mine. I kept mine for sure. Um, my favorite motivational message I forgot to mention, um, it was just in a moment of otherwise quiet in the, not really quiet, but like in the Bronx, um, there was just a DJ and like, and he was playing break beats and stuff like that. And, uh, and just like, he didn't, he hadn't said anything for a minute and it just happened to have been when we were right in front of him and he just went, all right, Bronx better do it. Just like that. And it was like, that is the message that I needed. That's right. That is what, that's going to carry me through better the next six it. miles. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Anyway. So Sam. Yes. Hi everyone. People, uh, listeners, I'm sure know you, uh, I mean, you are, uh, an, an engineer here at Earwolf, mm-hmm. but, uh, you are, you, you were one of the better known engineers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might've I'm probably heard me on either Ron and Beverly or throwing shade yeah. mm-hmm. or always a welcome voice. Thank you. Our, our sister shows. Yeah. Yes. Past and present. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a couple of weeks ago on Throwing Shade, yeah. you revealed that you had come out to a parent. I did. As I bisexual. I told my mom via text message that I was by maybe 30 minutes before the show because I had fr- I it was on my list of things to do. So it was I literally like I'll, I'll make a each morning when I wake up, it helps my brain to like just make a a list of stuff to do and then uh-huh. it's a good feeling just to check the boxes off and yeah. it literally is like hey you have to get gas and tell your mom you're by and then you you have to get stamps like I have a bunch of yeah. stuff to do yeah. and I got a lot of it done and then I was coming into the studio and was like oh that's because she listens to the show and I was like wow so I just sent her this text that was like and I, I even lumped it in with other stuff it was like hey I don't know if I'm going to be back for Jake's birthday uh, I appreciate the card you sent him by uh, uh-huh. And then, like, just kept on going with some stuff, and it did that thing where it was like three dots, and then nothing, oh my and God. then three dots, and that went on for thirty minutes, where I could just see her like trying to wrap her brain, like, like making attempts to. And did you comprehend. just use the word "bye"? Yeah, I also, <laughs> I also just yeah, summed it up. I I couldn't have given her less information. Yeah, I couldn't have helped her. Yeah, and I couldn't have made it any easier, harder for her. In any way, it was just the worst possible, like, all right, well, take it easy. And then I just went to work and then didn't check my phone. Then I like also just put my phone and went to work. So I had many missed calls. Uh-huh. And how did it go once you 
talk to her. Yeah, what was the the, the text that finally did come through? Oh, so this finally after, um, I don't know, a half hour, she just texted me and she goes, can I call you? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very fair, I was like, yeah, that seems, that seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. She, it was positive. My mom is, do you guys remember the, uh, the cartoon Bobby's World? Oh, of course. Oh, the Howie Mandel. Yeah. My mom is Bobby's mom. Like she's the most Midwestern, like, oh gosh, don't you? Like she's the full midwestern almost Fargo-esque. Right, right, right. A woman. So she will comprehend very complicated things, th- but verbalize them through these very Midwestern like mm-hmm. tropes. So I, she, she, I called and uh, I was like, hello. And she goes, she goes, okay, so what does that mean? And I was like, well, it means I'm, I'm also sexually attracted to men. And my mom, she goes, oh, gosh, which is a very like yeah. Bobby's world, like yeah, Wisconsin yeah, yeah. way. But it's it's neither a good nor a bad. It's just like a like a verbal tick that lets you know she's listening. She's like, yeah. oh, gosh. And then I think her, her follow up question was the very Midwestern mom. She goes, uh, uh, so I was like, that means I'm also sexually attracted to men. And she goes. All the time, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, all, all the, all the uh-huh. time." And she goes, "Oh gosh!" Like you could hear, like incrementally working it through her brain. Yeah, and then, uh, and then she goes, "I swear to God," she goes. So you you don't think you're making it back for Jake's birthday then? Yeah. <laughs> it was already like she had already moved on, and I got to admit, I was a little, a little butt hurt that it was is not the uh, sure was not the. She was like, "Okay, yeah," and just kind of went out. I was like. You don't want to be a little more shocked or anything. Like it was yeah. all new information, but she was like, huh. Like I had recommended a new movie or right, something. She right, was like, right. we'll have to check that out. So what was, why was that important to you for her to know? I guess, I guess the whole point of it, I was trying, I, I was trying to explain it on throwing shade, but I, I, Oh, Sorry, that was a dog. That's very, very cute. Very, very snoring through your story. The it's eagle ear listener. This is my mom listening to this story. <laughs> oh um, gosh. Oh gosh! No, it it was important in the same way I guess coming out was so so. In my time over the last year with throwing shade, I've learned a ton of things, mm. and one of the things I I never like I never really I guess understood the importance of being seen or representing a certain group or or I, I don't know how to, I still have a hard time putting it into words, but I guess I understand more why not saying it out loud would be harmful to a group uh-huh. because there's less people in this group and less attention yeah. for the group and less rights for that group. Uh, so it was, I guess just more of a like, oh, I get it now by not saying these things. It, it makes it, it's the the less people who say this thing, the less represented it seems. Yeah, right. Uh, and the more people who say it, the easier it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That type of stuff. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, I guess it was just a a like that list I make each morning. One of the big ones in mm-hmm. my brain that was like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a bunch of things you should probably start mentioning. That's one of them. You know, uh-huh. just stuff like that. And when did you know this yourself before you know revealing it to? your mom and the throwing shade audience. Well, over the last um, couple of years, some things had started to shift. There was a part of me. So I, I have a really bad anxiety problems and f- I, I get really bad social anxiety and things like that. So for a while, like I was aware when I was a- attracted to women, but there was 
as funny as it seems, there was many, like there were several times I was back in Chicago where I would be around a certain guy and be very anxious and very nervous and, and, and stumble with my words and things, which is not uncommon to how I am with everyone because of anxiety. But it took me, I had left Chicago and moved here. It was like a couple years after where I went, Oh no, you were in love with this person. Mm -hmm. It it literally just took me the, the longest time to correctly categorize and be like, Oh, that you weren't, this type of nervous you were in love with dave or you know like oh that's what it was but it had always just been that type of thing so once i realized that was it i remember uh, uh, producer dana's in the room i remember telling dana this like two years ago it just came up we have the slack app that we all use and just very casually much the way i told my mom in slack i forget what we were talking about we were having a conversation about bars or something in chicago and i was like oh that's right i used to work at that bar i was in i realized i was in love with my buddy dave there and she was like okay all right (laughs) oh gosh yeah Uh, oh gosh so that was when i began to realize it but had had just kind of put it not put it on the back burner but hadn't met anyone that i had feelings like it was a big gap in right time so over this last year I went through a breakup and then met a guy that I started to have feelings for and then my brain literally was like oh yeah that's right like an old album I hadn't listened to in a long time I was like that's right I forgot you're by I forgot about this yeah so then revisited that and then yeah like I said the with the learning of the realizing the importance of you know saying things out loud and labeling things is like you should probably start updating these forms and your mentally in your brain start yeah. you know checking different yeah. boxes and such. Yeah. Well you've done it in a really public way, which mm-hmm. not everybody does. You know well, that's I'm just uh, nothing nothing thrills me more than than oversharing. Sure. And especially oh bonus points if it's in a way that can make someone uncomfortable is truly my bread and butter. Uh-huh. Yeah even outside of talking about my sexuality, I only use social media for dog for either dog or things that are happening to me that I know at least one of my friends will open their Instagram and go, Oh God damn it. And yeah. put their phone away. Sure. That gives me the biggest thrill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so that aspect, yeah, I was like, well then that's definitely, if as long as we're keeping this pattern going, I might as well just do that. Also, be like, well, also on by, and then uh-huh. just keep making, sure. Keep making posts. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what happened with that guy? The 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 more the recent one the one that 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 made you sort of remember the old album oh uh it's he uh so it was a couple that I saw for a bit so over the years when I was in and out of relationships it was this couple that I would see uh and it was a a I guess sugar daddy is a type of I think they just enjoyed like we would go get dinner and they would buy me dinner and then it would be something physical. And they were a couple yeah, they were, uh, of, of dudes. A man, a man, no, a man and woman. A man and woman. Yeah. And wow. that that was their thing. I think they, that was their kink category. They okay. en- they enjoyed that I was a young single guy that they could laugh. Not like, cause they never like bought me anything. Could take could take to a nice dinner and then we would go be physically intimate. Uh-huh. How but did you guys meet? They came into a bar I was working at. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, very, very, uh, what's the word? I guess not abrasively, but very forwardly. Like this guy just very much in the way that I have been 
giving information out. He just very casually was like, all right, I just want to settle up my check. If you want to fuck my wife, you know, that's a thing we're into. And then like ordered something. And I had to be like, I had to like be like, well, what was that middle part? And he was like, oh, I was just saying like, you know, close our check if you wanted to. Like, this is my phone number. I very much enjoy watching you have sex with my wife. And he was like, all right. And then just left. And I was like, all right. Like it just was such a, a lot of information at once. Yeah. And then held on to that number for a while. And then was like, you know what? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give this a shot. Wow. So, but over time, that's, that's as things, so it would happen over the, the years. And at first that was their, their, I guess, kink or fetish was uh-huh. he just enjoyed watching me with his wife. And then, uh, then he started to join where he would just be like on the bed. And then it just slowly moved from there where then it would be the three of us. And, uh, it, I do this thing in in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, like we all do, where you look in the mirror and just, you know, give yourself an assessment and be like, you're doing great or you're doing poorly, you know, just kind of like this is get your shit together. But I would do these things where, you know, I would go home as, as, as the guy became a larger part of the picture sexually, Mm -hmm. the next morning I would be brushing my teeth and looking at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, there's a lot more, a lot more of that dude than normal. Like to myself, be like, I want to, might want to check in with that because I know you compartmentalize things. You might want to think more about that later. And then at a certain point, uh, we, so I went through a breakup recently and they came back into the picture, which they often do when I'm single. And we went out and then went home together. Uh, and she was feeling sick. So she went to bed. Uh, and it was just me and him. So then the next morning as I was brushing my teeth, I was just like, are we, you just slept with a man now. You, Uh you have to change some categories. Yeah. This is like, I don't know how many things you have to do. Milestone has been hit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cause in the past I would have, you know, whatever speech memorized where someone was, if I don't know why they would, but if someone would ever ask about my sexuality, we had a, you know, prepared like, well, you know, there's many things where like, you know, once you've slept with a guy, like just, you can probably skip that speech. You, You know, you can move on to the next thing. Uh, so yeah, so I remember, again, I remember texting Dana and being like, so I think I'm just dating a guy now. Yeah. And she was like, okay, I guess keep me posted. You know, like just moved through those categories. And when, when you, were you referring to the guy from that couple? You said, I'm just dating a guy now, or this is someone else? No, it's that, yeah, it's, it's that him. guy. They have an open, th- open Oh, so it shifted thing. that you, that then you, it was sort of just focused on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. It was, it's a, a very weird, uh, jump, I guess, or, or transition or I don't know what the, right, and is that, are they still, is this still going on? Yeah. It's still going on now. Yeah. Wow. Getting lots of free dinners, guys. Great. I'm eating Get it. halves of bananas. Oh, all, <laughs> all over, over the orange slices. And it seems like in those morning, um, one one thing that I'm loving about this is the, those those check ins mm-hmm. with the toothbrush in the mouth uh-huh. don't seem to be weighed down by like guilt. No, that's yeah, that's one thing no. that I've 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 worked hard at in my life is is uh, I gave up guilt and shame at like well, like mid nineties. Okay, really, Good really. For you. So I mean that that's what those check ins are for. You know, you're brushing your teeth and you're like. Got a little loose last night. Might want to rein that in mm-hmm. or like it's a little too much drunk driving. Probably should tone that back a couple sure. notches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it was there was no guilt or anything. It was just like, yeah, like a small check in of like I've seen a lot more penises than normal. Uh-huh. Might want to want to spend some. If you get a free minute later, you might want to sit down mm-hmm. and think about your average penis intake because it is increased substantially. 
And so, there's no no judgment, positive or negative. It's just tra- yeah, exactly. tracking right. penises. Yeah, you just right. brushing my teeth going, huh. This is a, normally, yeah. I go to the bar and then I eat awful Taco Bell uh-huh. and then I wake up. But last night I went to the bar and then I slept with that man. Uh-huh. So you might want to. That's just, just kind different. Of yeah. Yeah. It's an accounting practice. Yeah, more yeah. Than anything. <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay. So have you, I mean, you have this sort of physical thing with somebody in a relationship. Have you like gone through the process of dating? No, that's okay. So this, this has been very fun for me because I am, I'm 34, but I'm also now 11 again. I don't know anything. All of a sudden I don't know anything about dating. It's all nothing. For some reason, everybody like nothing has translated over whatever confidence I had with women or whatever ways, whatever, whatever lines I knew, uh, this is a thing I say and I'm charming, whatever, you know, this outfit I know it usually does well is completely gone. And it's just me, just you've a good face. And then I walk away and I'm like, why, what are you doing? What do you say? Like, it's just, the, it's all brand new information. It's there, fascinating. I, I've asked out one guy and he, he was flattered, but he was in a relationship. But like I said, you would have thought I had a, either never met another human being mm-hmm. or B had never been on a date of any kind. It was like, I couldn't, I had no words. I was like, would you ever like in a public forum? And he was like, I don't know what is happening right now. Like I, at a certain point I walked away and was like, you know what? And then left and then re had to come back over and go, all right, I'm going to go at this again. Would dinner, would you like to have dinner? And he was like, Oh, you're asking me out. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, what it is. That's Thank you. Is. Yeah. It's a real rom-com meet cute. Yeah, exactly. I guess it, if it takes, if the whole, if the whole movie was just that meet cute, <laughs> if it was a two hour. Is there like an emotional, okay, this, I, this question is going to come out clumsy as well. Right. Is is are your emotional needs different depending on which gender you're sort of with? Like, Ooh. do you, is it do, are you fulfilled by emotionally in a different way by man than you are by woman? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know if it makes. I don't any know. Sense. No, I get it. I don't know if I have enough right experience to know. I know I'm I know. obviously physically there's going to be different. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I know. Uh, I mean, so far it's the same. I'm still the same uh, attention needing extra person. Uh-huh. I need the same amount of immediate text back and everything so far. So far it's this. All the flaws apply. We've <laughs> translated uh-huh. over. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I so far I think it's I think it's the same. OK. No. Yeah. This is. This is a fascinating. You're on. You're running your very own marathon. Yeah, right now. Yeah, and it a marathon of self discovery. Uh huh. I'm throwing banana peels, Mario Kart style, directly in, behind me mm-hmm. into everybody's face, and, and people and the world is sliding in your wake. Yeah. I uh, am a throwing shade listener, also, mm. and you've you've made comments here and there that have made me think. Like I, I don't. I wonder what Sam's deal is. Uh, specifically, there was something about uh, wanting Michael Shannon to choke. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I very much would like Michael Shannon to choke me. That's uh-huh. just, I feel I have a small amount of of power being on podcast. If anyone listening can make that happen. Uh-huh. I think, you know what, like it's it's funny you should say it. So like you're just recategorizing things in your brain like we were talking about. There are things that I've said or tweeted to just be absurd. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, like every 50th one is less absurd. Now, like one of those uh-huh. where I'm like, like there was also the one where I was like, I very much want the dad from This Is Us to put his fingers in my mouth. 
that was the other one. I was very much about. would enjoy that mm-hmm. scenario. Milo, yeah, is that, yeah, is that yeah, his yeah. name? Milo, Ventimiglia, but he has yeah. to. It has to be the one from now when he has the mustache, not when he was the earlier Gilmore Girls. Right, right, uh-huh. right. Okay, yeah, okay. So but, yeah, but yeah. So looking back on it, those are the ones I remember. So they, because they do have the Ring of Truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and now we're all look back and I go, this is less of a joke and more of like. Just again, it's yeah. more of a to-do S- list. Simple self-expression. If anyone yeah. knows Michael Shannon, yeah, this or is just self-care you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with his, with his anachronistically hot body from the seventies uh, and eighties. It's not. <laughs> they didn't we make didn't him like that. They didn't make him like that no. then. Sorry. There is, there is a pet peeve I have in movies where, like the like the Fast and the Furious movies, where everybody every actor is absolutely shredded. Yeah, you know, it shows them and like just include one scene where they're working out. And you go, well, that explains that. Yeah. Thank right. you. Like that a, explains why everyone looks like this. Monica's apartment on Friends when they finally said she inherited it from her grandmother. Thank it's you. Did they control. do that? They did. Of course. That, they did. How do they explain how the boys? They, what? How do they explain the boys? Because that's their an equally apartment big apartment. is shittier. And but it's still really Chandler big. makes a lot of money. Okay. And yeah, Joey does too, a, actually. So. Oh, I guess he does. Well, there, is, there are zero holes and zero flaws with Friends. Okay, oh, are you a big fan of that show? I mean, that's... I have eyes and ears. That's, they're not my, good friends to each other. They're very good friends to each other. They all a lot like Monica has like severe OCD and they just laugh at her. Yeah. And Joey, yeah. No, nobody at any point pulls Joey aside and is like, you can get AIDS. You have to have less unprotected sex. We they they all just have unprotected know. sex. Yes, you do. You think Joey Tribbiani, of yes. course he's having unprotected sex. Oh, no, he's got pockets full of condoms. He's the one who uses the condom pocket in the Joe Boxer's Oh, boxer sure. Brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy. Oh, no, he knows what he's doing. Mm, they just farted I can't very be- loudly. I can't believe, yeah, and at no point, I don't understand, I can't believe there's not an episode where Ross is not like, you guys are not nice to me, and then just leaves. Yeah. Gets well, better, hey, gets better friends. When there's a reboot, let's see that episode. Okay. Well, and I'm maybe sure let's see some friends uh, <laughs> with a little diversity in there. That's maybe. a whole other Yeah. It's absurd that, we have that there's them. not a gay one, at least. Um, okay. So Michael Shannon, Milo Ventimiglia. Who else? Who else is Ooh. Is, is, is waving you over from the, uh, from the other side of the, uh, the field? Who is the dumb guy who is currently playing Superman? Oh, Henry, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Uh, there's some. He's so dumb. There's something I find very attractive. He never looks like he understands mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. being said to him, mm-hmm. and I, I, for whatever reason, I find that do you very wa- attractive. Do you watch his Instagram stories? No. Does he have, do good ones? Oh my god, Sam! It's Am li- I it's out? it's really just him looking into his his iPhone camera and just <laughs> having a pleasant look on his face, and, just, and just maybe not quite understanding. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I get wait till I wait till you see. You'll die. Um, all right, yeah, I really want to answer this well. Who else? These uh, are all great options. Pee Wee. Oh, I think Pee Wee might have been Paul wait, Rubens. Really? Yeah. Right. Interesting. Okay, I've heard people say zagged. this before. Yeah. yeah. My, my type is real all over the place. Sure. And present day Paul Rubens. Sure. Okay. But I mean, I think but not it in started. Character. It can be in character. That's a little more wacky, but. Interesting. But so Paul, present day Paul Rubens, out of character and in character, both are yeah, on the list. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Pee Wee might be my, I think Pee Wee might be my first discernible memory of, of being attracted to a guy when I was young. And what was it? Can you isolate it? No, I just, I think, I, I, that's just like my first like, 
I enjoy this. Uh, it's a great show and enjoy this, but I also wa- I desire you. I want yeah. this person. Okay. This is the one that I feel is most accessible to us is yeah. Paul. That's Rubens. a feasible. I think we can reach him and I think could. we can make this happen. And and the thing the thing that I'm noticing, the mm-hmm. common theme theme is like safety kind of. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're safe in Pee-wee's Playhouse. Superman is going to protect you. Oh yeah. The dad from This Is Us. You know, he tries. Hey, I, don't, yeah. I do not feel. Michael Shannon's going to I was going to say, you. I don't feel. Yeah, Michael. But you know what? But, I think he's going to be awful to me, but it's I've requested it. Exactly. I right. came to his home and someone to else be treated t- tries poorly. to choke you and you don't want him to, his, he's going to protect yes, you. Michael, yes, I feel like Michael Shannon would dominate me, but then would also be like, if anyone ever hurts you, yeah. I'm, I'm right here. Uh-huh. And then would touch my, that's why there was one set of footprints. Yeah, it's when he was carrying. It's when me. I was choking you. Yeah. It was when I was holding you <laughs> oh, up by the man. neck. You guys have to that's make so uh, homophilia merch. That's just that poster, that footprints poster. Yeah, which just says when there was one set of footprints. It's when I was choking. You. God bless. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's our first T-shirt. Oh, some beautiful. someone someone. Uh, please make that and then mm-hmm. tweet it to me. So you mentioned domination. Is that kind of in your, oh, in your yeah, sexual that's, menu? That's okay. That's what I was, I had skipped a section in, in my story in, in the, how I got here. So the way my anxiety and, and depression works is I'm very rarely sad, but there is, it's all like self-loathing and, and negative, like guilt for being alive. It's, it's all purely chemical and stems from nothing, mm-hmm. but just, a general that thing, and I posted something, or I said something on throwing shade about having that self-loathing, and this woman uh, reached out to me, and she was like, "Hey, this is gonna be a weird internet message, but uh, if you, I'm a dominatrix, if you genuinely struggle with self-loathing and self-hatred thoughts, she's like, being dominated is an incredible outlet for that. Mm. It's a safe space. That's what this space is for. You go in there and you go." I, for the next hour, by my own request, treat me like shit. You know, like really be awful to me. Uh, so like I said, once everything was open, whatever in the past, I might have been like, oh, I don't know. Because I had always assumed uh, like dominatrixes were inherently linked to sexuality, like that those people were having sex, which it can be. But I didn't realize a lot of it is just that. It's a very business transaction. Yeah, yeah. And then we both go back to work. Uh so I met up with that woman and was like, yeah, I will give this a try. And it was exactly, it was the fr- freest therapy I'd ever gotten. It's it's the best purging of like, of those types of thoughts. Because it's in a safe space that you've requested. It's a person going, you're a piece of shit who shouldn't be alive, right? And you go, yes, because that's what your brain is flood- flooding you with all the time. It's an hour's worth of someone just whipping you and going it's because you give nothing to the world right and you go yeah and then then like a therapist they go and that's our time and then mm-hmm. then there's this wow aftercare and i realized this was part of it too but there's aftercare too so you go through the you do the thing and then that person like holds you and is like and i just wanted to remind you that was purely in our space don't you're a wonderful person like i love you and and you know, like it brings you back up. I, I, I think I'd always, I think one, I'd always assumed it was inherently linked to sex, but I also, I think just assumed they just like beat the shit out of you. And then you're like, well, right, yeah, back to Arby's. And then, yeah. you know, uh, so, I wasn't aware it would get so personal. Arby's. 
Arby's. Yeah. No. No, but yeah. The it's, idea, like, yeah, them, like, sort of insulting you. Yeah. So, what? yeah, so like, there was, like, a little. Those pants don't go with the sweater you're wearing. Yeah, they find your one thing. <laughs> it's a weird pear-shaped body. Yeah. Uh, no, they, yeah, they, they, and I don't know if this is specific to her I th- or if all doms do this, but, yeah, we, like, talked first, and I explained to her where I was at and the types of thought. Like, so she was pulling real world like yeah, yeah. and making me say certain things like in uh answer in a certain way you know that that was pulling from those things of like you you uh you contribute nothing and you're, like these things that you know well are like deep cuts you yeah, know yeah so do you feel freed then from those feelings yeah yeah right. afterwards yeah exactly so well i'll i'll meet up with her once every three weeks maybe and yeah. it is three it buys me three weeks of of i mean those thoughts are always there in the morning and the night when the before your brain adjusts mm-hmm. but uh-huh. it is in substantially lighter mentally since seeing her Interesting. and there it's tying it all together the the i'd had the thoughts you know instead of moving stuff around in my brain of like you might you're by you know you're like you, you definitely whatever confusion it was you you were in love with men the first, I, I didn't realize I had said it. She, the, the her, this woman, uh, if you want to follow her, Instagram is Breeze Kinks. Okay. Uh, she mentioned it like during the the session. She was like, you know, you said you're bi, right? I didn't. I had said it at some point, like oh, during, in the, in during. Yeah, I had like as I was purging things out of me, uh-huh. I don't remember it, but apparently in the way I operate where I just kind of subtle, I was just like, I'm a piece of shit. It just shouldn't be like also on by. And then just like went back and, and she, it was enough that she was like, well, that was weird. I'm going mm-hmm. to talk about this later. Like, so yeah. So wow. that, yeah. Okay. Hi, if that's something that you have been thinking about, I highly recommend it. Interesting. It sounds, you know, Sounds like running a marathon. Very, very healing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it really oddly wholesome. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. It's awful, but then uh, they give you the shiny blanket afterwards. <laughs> Send you off with a with a lollipop. Uh-huh. By the way, you mentioned earlier the type of person who's in good enough shape that they would not fully run a marathon, but would just run next to you and then hop off uh-huh. is awful. That's the I, that person sounds like so much work. Really? It sounds like there's someone who's in such good shape that's like running a marathon, huh? A pop down. Oh no, run, no, no! Run with you for a bit, and then no. it's like, all right, man, take it easy. No, it's out of here, man. No, it's no. It get helps. out of here, Jeff. No, it helps. I mean, they're not doing it without your permission. Oh, I know. By the way, that's also very funny to me—the mental picture of someone running by you, but uh, not with your permission. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who just, oh, won't, no, that who just won't leave? This but is no, the it's opposite like a little, of that. This is yeah. Like, yeah. You know, this is your own personal cheerleaders. Yeah, you know, coming along, especially since they, you know, they can't they can't be there right at the finish line. Yeah, there's it's a little pacer bunny like uh, like for dog races. Yeah. I don't know what part of me this stems from, but there is something about pure. Nope. Kind positivity that is very upsetting to me. Huh. Like when you, well, like, you must be having a wonderful time at this. I just have a blast. History. No, yeah. I, like I was, I was cringing when you said you did that the um, the gym training session. Yeah, yeah. That's my nightmare. Is someone next to me being Purely like, "You're doing a help. great job. You have to stop. You have wow. to go away." Mm-hmm. That first, that is 
It's so un- although this it's there, so uncomfortable. You to might me. feel differently if you're doing it with, because it is weirdly masochistic, and there you know you are experiencing pain while you're doing it. Does it. You hurt. don't maybe, want to be there. Maybe if I was okay, maybe if I was doing squats and it was Michael Shannon. There you go. Yeah. There you, there go. you go. Well, folks, if you'd like to treat someone horribly, Sam Kiefer mm-hmm. is really. I can't recommend. He's your guy. Come yeah. at safe, come at me. Safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as long as you care for me afterwards. Sam, thank you for being here. For sharing of yourself. Come back my and uh, let us know how you are in the next, you know, uh, phase of your marathon. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will give you uh, many, we'll be, many clunky dating updates. We'll be checking in. Yeah. Sam Esmail, everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> Sam Kiefer. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I love you. Oh, he's tossing and turning. Oh, he seems to be having a terrible night's sleep. Oh, boy. You seem uncomfortable, Dave. Matt. Oh, I'm having so much trouble sleeping. That's so weird. It's also weird that I was just sitting here watching you nap. Well, trying to nap mm-hmm. and poorly. So what's the deal? Do you have a, a, a weird bedtime routine? I, I, I'll, uh, my, I, my bedtime routine is all jacked up. Oh, well, guess what? You're not alone. Sleep is essential to our health and happiness, and that's why we're excited to partner with Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, relaxation. It was named App of the Year last year by Apple. That's why you should head over to calm.com slash homophilia, and you're going to get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programs. So you've got sleep stories, which are bedtime tales for grownups designed to quiet your mind and relax your body. And then you go to the lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry. And then you're going to, I don't know, explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. Uh You get access to guided meditations on topics like anxiety, stress, and sleep. Plus soothing music, plenty more. For a limited time only, homophilia listeners can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash homophilia. C-A-L-M dot com slash homophilia. That includes access to all of Calm's amazing content. Uh, they'll have you drifting off to dreamland in no time. Uh-huh. Get started today. Calm.com slash homophilia. C-A-L-M dot C-O-M. Don't go to dot calm. Because that'll get you nowhere. Slash homophilia. <sighs> and get to sleep like Matt has night now. Always oh, an angel. Hmm. Friends. Friends. There's a brand new podcast here on Earwolf. It's called John Levenstein's Retirement Party. Yes, hosted by writer, actor, and producer John Levenstein. And he's been on shows like Arrested Development and Silicon Valley and on and on. And on and on and on. He's having a retirement party. And guess what? You're invited. (gasps) It's a celebration of John's long career in show business where he's going to share personal stories from the writer's room. He'll offer advice. He will rehash old decisions. He will settle some scores. Then he'll tell his friends... He loves him. Those friends include his co-host, actress and writer, Mary Kobayashi. He's talking to people from all over the entertainment biz. Your Karen Kilgariffs, your Nick Krolls, your Jill Soloway, hopefully future homophilia guests. Get in here, Jill. David Harbour from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And on and on and on and on. There's even an episode where they try to write an episode of Franklin and Bash in real time with two rooms of writers who have never seen the show. Guys, John Levenstein's Retirement Party is a must-listen if you want to hear hilarious stories that have never been told about some of your favorite shows and how they were created. Uh-huh. Get it. John Levenstein's Retirement Party is out now, and it's free. Subscribe in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, well, 
Well, well, well, well, well. Well, well, well. Sam blew our minds. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. He really paints a picture. He sure does. And that is, uh, I mean, you know, the man is on a journey. God bless him. I know. I'm, I'm excited to hear more. And we are, uh, we're on our own journeys here. You know, we, and we've been on our own journeys, believe it or not, even before we started doing homophilia. I know it's so crazy. There's so much about you I don't know. Is that right? That is right. I, I've lost even track all of this time. I, I look. I've got about three stories total, and I'm sure I've told them all on really? the show already. Well, okay. And, who's like? Who's your first in person like kind of sexual encounter? Uh, childhood friend. Yeah. Who? Uh, what you know i was i always describe like you know i lived in waverly ohio and i it, it's like a, a super bible belty um you know southern ohio village but i grew up with if i count them all there's probably like six gay guys that i was friends with from like since childhood we just yeah. found each other yeah and this wasn't even and then this was prepubescent we just had our a gay sensibility we found each other yeah. and then after puberty and stuff happens there's uh, messing around and stuff during sleepovers that just starts happening sure and so i had one friend in particular that, that happened with a lot and then happened with a lot in high school and then even in college a little bit when i would go home for breaks yeah um there were never any romantic feelings there. It was very much like there were, we were, you know, it was, a, it was a good friend. Yeah. Uh, but it was just kind of like, this is the only option sure. that we have. And so we're taking it. Yeah. So it was not especially remarkable. Well, they often aren't. What was yours? My, similar thing, although not a guy who ended up being gay. Um, a childhood friend, uh, who lived down the street, and uh, and I I guess I was like thirteen. He was fourteen, mm-hmm. and uh, and like it was a sleepover, and we watched Risky Business and oh. whatever, and uh, yeah, and we just started talking about like sex and stuff, and then just kind of one thing led to another, and we were under the stairs. It wasn't it wasn't all that interesting, except that um, I you know this was eighty nineteen eighty four, so mm-hmm. I. Um, I did not even like come. I don't think I ever had yet, actually. Right. But we were just kind of like fooling. It was just you know mouth and hand and stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and and it, but then afterwards, I was so overcome with guilt. Yeah. Um, uh, that I like I stopped the sleepover at like five in the morning and I like, went home and you know whatever. And I I remember I threw up. Oh my and God. I was uh, I mean I was titillated and filled with guilt and shame of at the course, same time, yeah. which that those two things were twinned for a long, long time, mm-hmm. like long, long time. Um, but I also remember feeling, thinking I have AIDS. Like yeah. I threw up because of AIDS and I'm going to die later today yeah. because that was my 13 year old Catholic boy understanding of mm-hmm. the situation in 1984. Was that's that, what the Reagans wanted us to believe. In the I, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, my belief was just that the sexual activity between two boys just generates AIDS. Right. Like one of them doesn't have to carry it and give it to the other. Yeah. It just creates it and it's very fast acting and it's going <laughs> to fuck up your family's summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, but then, okay. So then the next summer, and this is something I've been like thinking about a lot recently. Uh, so this then would have been the summer of 85. Um, and I know it was the summer of 85 because I, um, I used my allowance to buy songs from the big chair from Tears for Fears. Oh. And uh, and I was, it was like August 
and I was with my parents. I went with my parents to the mall uh, and they, they had things to do. And I had like school clothes to pick out for, I guess it would have been freshman year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I, so, and I was like fighting with my parents over whatever a 14 year old fights with their parents. I just remember that we turned up at the West County mall annoyed at each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and so I, um, went to, to famous bar, which was the, the clothing store, like the department store at the time. Famous bar. To kind of look through a famous hyphen B-A-R-R, um, in the May company family of stores. It's now Macy's. Um, and I went into like look for pants and shirts and that kind of thing, just to like gather, and then you know I'd run some past my mom or whatever. And there was, uh, as I was looking through, there was a guy like uh, alone walking, like walking through the men's department also. And he, like our eyes met, and you know how like yeah 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 you just know yeah like was he an adult? He was an adult, and I looked much older. I will say I like I matured early and and i i looked much older than 14 when i was 14 mm. i'm picturing you just like this where yeah like 80s clothes yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I don't remember exactly which t-shirt i was wearing but i do remember i was wearing like 80s short shorts with like chinese characters on them <laughs> and and uh and this like adult guy looked at me and i ju- and like you know how that feels when you're you know, when you're in the throes of puberty uh-huh. and like the thing that you want is not the thing you're supposed to want. When you get a hint of it, you feel it in every part of your body. Right? Yep. And, uh, and so I was like, I don't know what's happening. I mean, I do know what's happening here. Um, but I like, I'm not, I have no idea what to do, you know? So we sort of followed each other around the department oh store. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and so then we got near the men's room. And he kind of gave me another look and went into the men's room. And I was like, I'm supposed to go in there. So I did. And uh, and he was like in a stall. Uh-huh. And so then I went to the next stall over and I sat down. And I'm like vibrating with like, yeah, you know, uh, horniness and shame and, and all of it. And Terror. All, all of it. Yeah. Literally all of it. And like, and he taps his foot. Okay, now we have heard oh about this since, you know, Larry Craig and all that. Yeah. Uh, a, a part of an, an international language that has resonated through generations, right? But this is the first real foot tapping story I, a person I've known. Has really? Seen. Yes. Really? Yes. I bet that's not true. Yeah, I'm, well, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um. So I was like, okay, so then I like tapped my foot and then and he did it again and then I did it again. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. But I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in a strange land. Right. There's a Morse code and I'm now participating in it, but yeah. I don't even know what I'm conveying. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, I knew what I was conveying. Yeah. It, it just kind of felt like I am, I am just going to ride this down the river. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is a, this is a whitewater rafting trip that I'm going to go on. And, uh, and then he like reached his hand under the, the divider thing and like touched my ankle and, uh, and it just, it was just like, this is, I don't know what's going on right now, but it's crazy. And, uh, and so then I think like our hands touched and whatever. So then he got <laughs> then out. You're just kind of holding hands under the thing. Not even holding hands, yeah, just yeah, kind of just... brushing fingers. Okay, it's okay. just sort of mild touching. Right. And, uh, so then, so then he got out and went up to a urinal. Right. So I was like, I guess I'll follow him to the urinal. So I do. And there's like no divider in between. And, uh, and we, um, 
And he was like, how old are you? And, uh, and I was honest. I said, I'm 14. And I, I remember seeing it register on his face, right? I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 26. I was like, okay. And, uh, and he was like, have you done this before? And I said, no, I haven't. He said, how do you know what to do? And I was like, I think instinct. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just felt like I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Right. And, uh, so he was like, do you want to get together? And I was like, yes, I do. Yeah, I absolutely do. And by the way, and also I'm like, you know, I'm 14 years old and like rock hard. Right. As is he. And, uh, so, so I'm like, yeah, I do, but I'm 14. I don't have a car. You know what I mean? There's no way I can really make this happen. Should I be talking about this in a thing that people can hear? If yes, you're related to 100%. me, please stop listening 10 this minutes ago. The wildest story I've ever heard. I'm on the edge. It's of not, though. Okay. So, uh, so he's like, okay, listen, why don't you meet me somewhere? And then we'll go, you know, we'll go somewhere. I was like, that sounds perfect. And I, and I, there was like a park. I didn't want to like fool around in a park, but I thought maybe, whatever. Um, so I was like, tomorrow, at 2 p.m. or whatever, the next day would have been a Sunday, I remember. Um, like, just meet me at, and I gave him, like, the corner, and there's, like, a little tiny, there's, like, a strip mall and, uh, and like, a park across the street and whatever. And I guess I thought maybe I, I would get in his car and we'd go somewhere. I don't know. And he's like, you're going to be there, right? And I was like, yeah. Uh, he was because I live in South County, and the South County was, like, maybe 20 minutes away. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a hike. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you're here. You know, I mean, clearly <laughs> you're not afraid of a drive. Um. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll definitely be there. And, uh, and he like reached out to grab my dick. And that's when my father walked in. <gasps> now I will. Okay. Now there were two doors. It was one of those where it's like restrooms here and you open the door to the restroom and the ladies is here and the gentleman's here. So we heard the first door open and it was just like hands, hands to ourselves oh. because you never know what could happen. Yeah. But for him, for this 26-year-old who just realized that he, the guy that he's been cruising, is 14. Yeah. He has now heard that 14-year-old say, hey, dad. Right? Holy so right now walks in. I have to stuff the 11-pound mm-hmm. puberty boner that I now have into my short shorts. Right? Oh. Say hello to my dad. That guy leaves. And and again, my dad and I were already mad at each other for whatever reason. Yeah. So um, I remember being thrilled that we got away with whatever we got away with. Also terrified of whatever lay ahead of me. Um, and then we bought some fucking corduroys and went home. Right. So I then okay. So then the next day, uh, we went to mass and I went home. Sure. And I was like, I'm gonna go ride my bike. So I rode my bike and I went to the corner where it was supposed to go. And at two o'clock, he showed up in a yellow Trans Am. Ooh. So I was in the park across the street. He was at the strip mall. And uh, and I was like fully behind a tree like a movie. Oh you know what God. I mean? And uh, and I watched him pull up and I watched him get out. He looked like a young Bill Paxton. Wow. Okay. Uh, I remember him get out and like sort of go and walk around to the various stores to see that if I was there. And I wasn't because I was across the street behind mm-hmm. a tree. And I like, and there was a huge part of me that was like, go over there and get in that dude's car, do it. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't do it. And, uh, and I watched him get like more and more frustrated that I wasn't there. And then he was there for maybe five minutes and then he got back in the car and he drove off 
And that was that. And I've been thinking oh, about it recently. I've been wow. thinking about it all recently since we've been telling, you know, we've had people in and, and everyone's telling their stories and yeah, all their yeah, yeah. foundational shit. Like, I've been wondering, do I wish I had gotten in the car? Yeah, it's so you know? complicated. It really is. It's- because it could have been a good emote, like a good uncomplicated way to get through a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. To learn some stuff, to like figure some stuff out, mm-hmm. to like make a personal connection to somebody else. Because like I knew what I wanted, but I was in a very small corner of the world where if I tried to express what I wanted to anybody else, I'd be fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I said the wrong, if I was attracted to somebody and I said the wrong thing, I was in a boys school and I was about to be there for four more years. I'd be, yeah, I'd be fucked yeah um so that could have been a good way to get some of that early experience under my belt right but i also could have been stabbed a thousand times you know what i mean yes or my folks could have found out and that guy could have gone to jail because i was 14 i looked older and i thought i was older yeah. but i was 14 and then there's just the the very strange conversation and question around like around consent and yeah. the fact that he is an adult and you're not, yeah. but we're not, but we're, we're talking about you and your own desires. Right. And some people make the argument that the, some of these rules shouldn't apply to right. gay men, especially when they're in, especially in the eighties and before. Right. Um, when, uh, all, all forms of gay sexuality is repressed. Yeah. I'm not making that argument, but, uh, I guess I'm glad that it ended the way it did. I think ultimately I think I am too. I think I am too. Um, But it's, yeah, I don't know because it's complicated. It's very complicated because I think back at being like an adolescent or high schooler Mm -hmm. and like teachers that I was attracted to or adult men that I was attracted to. And if there had ever been a, a shred of a chance, like hooking up with them, I for sure would have done it. Yeah. Without question, I would have wanted to without question, but, and the, you know, but then how would, what, how would that affect me later? Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I mean, by law, Mm -hmm. if you had, that would have been legally, that is abuse. Yes. But I don't think it would have been in my case. I'm glad I didn't do it. I think because it's just too big a risk to take. You're not supposed to get in strangers cars. And it would then you would be left to unpack this whole other thing that we're talking about, about right. age and consent and stuff when it yeah. was already enough to unpack. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, I didn't know from safe behavior, clearly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I put myself at risk or it could have. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's a really it's a really loaded memory it's, and one that I really hadn't thought about until we started doing this show. I feel like I just watched the best short film I've ever seen. Oh, really? You know what I mean? It was so vivid. Yeah. I was, I was really on the ride. Oh, thanks. It is vivid. It is vivid. But it, it's it's a memory that, I, that I, I, I'm not going to say repressed. Yeah. But like, it's just not, it was one that I sort of had packed away. But then in the last year, I've been like, it, it, comes, it comes back. Well, he is now, you know, is out there. He's, you know, reasonably Maybe. young. And I did see him again Wait. when I started. No, when I started, but like when I was in college, I, I like when I was what? able to like go to gay bars. Cause when I mean, a face there. like that. Yeah. 
I yeah, I went back to There's the same only... famous bar and shopped for corduroys again, and there yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. No, he, like, he was. I've been waiting for you every day. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been? Um, uh, yeah, no, it was at whatever gay club that I went to in St. Louis. I remember seeing him walk past me, and I just and the faces, you know, indelible because it's such, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you acknowledge each other? No, I don't think I'm important to him. But if he heard what, what I was getting at is if he heard there's a chance that he listens to homophilia. This is a gay guy in his 50s who, uh, well, we I'm don't know 47 where he lives, now. But. So he, yeah, I'd be pushing 60. Um, yeah. Who knows whatever became of that guy. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think that my face would trigger memories for him the way his does for me. Yeah, but there you can only remember one time that you had this experience with a 14-year-old and you've well, got the old trans I don't and, know that. Well, that's true. I don't know how many 14-year-olds he met. And I mean, that could have been his type or what. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just anyway. hoping we hear from him is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll know the face. Uh, of if, you, if you reach out, send a pic. Is it I'm possible not gonna he forget simply you. was Bill Paxton? <laughs> it could have been Bill Paxton, in which case we're all out of luck. But huh. uh, yeah. Anyway. That's an excellent, excellent story. Is that the story that gets us uh, pulled off the air? God, I hope not. We, I think we're safe, right? Okay. okay. I hope so. Yeah. I hope this so. This is your story. We're just talking about a, yeah. Yeah. About, uh, and I think people have these. For sure. They just tend not to tell them. For sure. Yeah. And and I, and what I'm saying is I know without a doubt that if I had ever happened to be in that situation, I mean, when I was 14, I was also fucking hideous. So no I've one's checking me out. I've seen pictures of you and at 14. So I was not luckily, luckily enough, in retrospect, no one's checking me out right. regardless of age. But what I can tell you with confidence is if I had ever been in that situation, I think I would have done the exact same thing. Right. Perhaps even more. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I definitely don't think you're alone. Anyway. So there's, what there's some firsts. What a doozy. Well, hey, if you have a similar story, share it with us, please. Uh, please. And Bill Paxton, wherever you are, mm-hmm. tweet us. Shining down on us from heaven. Come come on the show. Oh, Bill Paxton's dead. Bill Paxton is very much <laughs> oh, dead. That's, yeah. why, that's why we would be out of luck there. Yeah, he died. Oh, and you know what? I'm picturing Bill Pullman the whole time. Oh, uh, see, there you go. Bill Paxton, even better. I would have gotten in Bill Pullman's car. That's a friendly face. They both have friendly faces, but Bill Pullman is- There's a a darker side to Bill Bill Paxton. Yes, yes. May he rest in peace. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, thanks for the memories. I thank you for sharing. Okay. Uh, I I don't know where to go from here. Well- I mean, is that the show? I guess we wap. I guess we do. This really has been a special episode. Yeah. Next week, by the way- uh, I we should tell people next week we have a a, a VVVIP guest mm-hmm. that we've should been we just keep pursuing. It, should we keep it vague? And you'll find out who that is. Yeah. a week from today. Matt, this has been a joy. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Congratulations again on the marathon. Thank you so much. It's so great. Thanks. And, uh, if you ever run one again, and I'm there, I'll I'll be the guy that pops out on the you know. Great. Yeah. Great. And likewise. I don't think that's it. You're ever going to be put in that position, but thank you. <laughs> Dana, thank you. Ryan, thank you. Sam, thank you. Ben, for the music, thank you. Uh, thank you, Faye. Listener, sponsors. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Bye, bye, bye. Hey. 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Great nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.